BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you. Like worldwide famine, a plague of locusts, or toxic family? Ugh. And the things that could just make you, you know, kind of wish you were dead. Lipstick on your teeth, boobs leaking breast milk. How about forgetting that Thanksgiving salad? In the fridge. Holy crap. Ugh. I well, hate when that happens. I hate it too. Well, the only answer, of course, is play, play the, the theme, theme song. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I am Danielle. I'm Christine. Christine, how are you doing today? Well, I found a new note on my daughter's door. Oh, she leaves notes for you on her door? Well, she leaves notes for all of us. Or at you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, her her other one was a little more uh, aggressive and we told her how to she had to take it down because it was like, here's a list of people who will all be murdered if they come into my room and I will kill Jesus. them. And it was like just a list of all kinds of people who would never even be in, be in our house. Like one of the one of them was serial killers, but she spelled it serial, which Aww, was kind of cute. That's cute. And uh, so she wrote out a new one. I'm going to read it for you guys. It's, it's a little more. <laughs> um, it's verbose. OK. And a little friendly. Oh, friendlier. If okay. you are reading this. That's in all caps. It means you need to knock. And if no one answers or says, come in, then it means you can't come in. But if I say, come in, then you may come in. But if no one answers, don't even think about coming in. Okay. It's just one long. Yeah. Is there more? That's it. So she's drawing boundaries. She really is. Very, very defined boundaries. Yes. Basically, she's just saying knock. Before entering, she could shorten it. She could, but I, that's okay. Yeah, you know. All right. Has she had a problem with people barging in on her while she's doing something she doesn't want people to see? Well, <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face. Here's the thing she isn't the tidiest person. Okay. Neither of my kids are. And they tend to leave their clothes wherever they take them off. Okay. Around the house. Yeah. I don't know if this is normal behavior for 10-year-olds. Anyone who has a 10-year-old and want to let me know or if I just have no ability to parent children. But they just change wherever they are have yeah, the urge probably, to, anywhere yeah. in the house, and then just leave the clothes there. So my house is just constantly full of dirty socks and clothes all over the place. Okay. And then what I do is, oh, my donut earring just... I know. You have these pretty donut earrings that... Broke. Oh. Uh, my daughter also makes jewelry, and I promised I'd wear her... Faulty jewelry. Her donut earrings on the show today. As an advertisement. Anyway, so I pick them all up, all the clothes, yeah. and I put them in a pile on my kids' beds. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. To like say, 
you can put them away. You right. decide what's clean. You decide what's dirty. Good. And you deal with this. Sure. And then she'll say, my room is already such a mess. You can't just come in here and pile stuff on my bed without my permission. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. And that's what I say. Uh-huh. Is, no, I can come in your room. Yeah. And then Benjamin sleeps in her bed at night. Right. Because they don't want to sleep together, but they also don't want to sleep alone. But at any given time, she'll say, get your blanket off my bed. Get out of my room. And I'm like. So they share a bed? They share her bed. But right. But then she'll always pull this, get out of my room. But it's, it's very, both of their rooms, isn't it? It's just hers, but they sleep oh, there together. Right. And it's then so, so funny to me that they fight like cats and dogs and then they share a bed at night. Yeah, it's That's really. so interesting. It's a, it's. You know what? It's a good segue because oh. we're going to talk about some toxic relationships today. Oh, um, good. Which I'm trying to get my kids from not having and uh, right. or creating. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to help everyone with their toxic relationships today. Good. So I'm making all this noise. I'm trying to find an allergy pill. I found one. Um, That's just a Trader Joe's mint, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I am an old lady, and I recycle my Trader Joe's tin mints. I love that. uh, Boxes. I love those tins. I wish I could find a use for them. Well, I found many uses, because in one I have my pills, and another I have my salts and... um, But why wouldn't you keep your pills in your pill bottle? Because I don't want to walk around with five pill bottles in my purse. Oh, so you just put so various. Just put, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like Tylenol and. Oh, got it, got it, got it. In this little flat. Okay. And you know metal. which pill is which. Yeah. Ish. No, I do. Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody just took a Xanax. She's going to be really fun in the second half. I don't have any crazy pills anyway because you see how I react to a full coffee. So, yes. You know, full that caffeine is, coffee. So that, I, is your, that is your cocaine. Exactly. Coffee is cocaine now. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk today with Thanksgiving right around the corner. Yeah. How to survive your family. Oh, good one. At Thanksgiving. Yes. Most of us, Danielle, don't live inside a Nancy Myers movie. No, we don't have all white outfits. No. And beautiful kitchens. We don't. We'd love to have that Meryl Streep kitchen. Yeah. And the cozy family that wants to get together, like in the, all those commercials, you know, and right. movies and TV shows. And we're all like, ah, or even when they fight, it's charming. Yeah. They, yeah. you right. know, they're all going to figure it out. And Steve Martin's going to come and with his sweater and wrap his arms around. Yeah. you. Thanksgiving isn't that treasured holiday for most of us in our L.L. Bean sweaters. So maybe you have a toxic family member or members. Mm. Maybe it's more than one. So we're going to give you some tips on how to not only survive this season, but enjoy the hell out of it. Oh, I love it. Okay. I got some tips from an article from Bustle. Number one, make two plans. One for before and one for after. So you want to make a plan about how you're going to handle things before you go. Like, how you're going to handle it when you're there. Like, I don't... In my head, I was like, so that means pack some weed gummies. Okay. But I think they mean, think about the types of conversations that make you feel diminished and do your best to avoid those topics. Right. Or if there's somebody that, say, corners you Mm -hmm. and when you're alone to try to kind of needle at you, make sure you just aren't alone with that person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Get your speech prepared about what is a podcast, (laughs) what what it means, what the title is, what it's about. Yes. Just just hand out cards. Actually, just print out cards and and hand them out to everybody so you don't have to explain it 25 times. 
there you go. In my case, nobody's going to ask, so I don't even have oh. to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Your, your family's non-interest in your life. <laughs> Are you going to spend... Thanksgiving with family this year? I'm not, so I don't have You're to. Not. I don't so have to worry about it. So it'll just be you and and your kids and, and my family. And Sven. Okay, yeah. that's nice. The plan afterward as well. Don't let the day's events fester inside your head. Mm-hmm. So maybe you pick a pick a you know pick a spot like when you're driving there. You're like, that's the place I'm going to pull over and cry <laughs> on the way back. Okay. I th- I I think water it with your tears so that other lonely uh, upset family members can from other families like a dog peeing on a tree yes can smell it and then they know oh this is a safe place for exactly. me to cry and maybe you'll even sprout some flowers oh i think a nice reward you know you're like okay yes. there's the place i'm gonna stop and get donuts right i earned those donuts or whatever it is you know that yeah. makes you feel good it's like i get to go have a nice cup of tea over there mm-hmm. or i'm gonna go see a movie yeah that's what I thought about when you said that. Or at least go home and watch a movie. Some kind of something cozy. set up a cozy reward for yourself. Right. Number two, stay neutral as much as possible. What if the toxicity is caused by other family members who just hate each other? You know, oh. you're not the one in it. Oh. This, but, yeah, my go ahead. Um, my familial role is sort of peacekeeper. That's tough, too. So that's that is. And I can't get out of it. I mean, I just set myself that task when I was a child, and it's just... But we don't have extended family members that we don't get along with. Well, that's good. We, you know, we go to my cousin's house, and and everything is beautiful and done nicely. And she actually kind of has a Nancy Myers house. And, um, yeah. And so there's no one, like, to fight with. That sounds... Yeah. It's nice. That sounds pretty nice. Except it's freezing. But besides that, it's nice. Well, that gives you an excuse to buy a big, giant sweater. <laughs> That's true. So, Karen Koenig. What? I know. You, maybe you're... KK? Maybe you're related. <laughs> uh-huh. She is a therapist, LCSW. That's a licensed clinical social worker. Okay. Says it's important to stay emotionally neutral. Don't get pulled into arguments. Mm. Think about something else to remain calm. Mm. She knows her catchphrase. Yep. Change the subject, decline to speak. Think about that cute sweater. Yes. You're going to reward yourself <laughs> with, from Madewell, you know, or wherever you like to shop. Okay. Uh, for enduring that horrible day. Number three, be compassionate. If someone is toxic, they probably got that way because they grew up in a toxic environment. Mm. You don't need to like them, but some compassion will help keep your cool to get through the day. Okay? But what if, what if, as in your case with siblings, yeah. the... The toxic household is the same one you grew up in, and you're not an asshole. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, have you ever had Thanksgiving with your whole family? As I mean, I know your parents are divorced, yeah. but as an adult, is this a thing that you've gone home like and, and had Thanksgiving? Yes. With? Okay. But I don't know if it ever involved both my adult brothers in the same room. Oh, okay. That's do, been. I mean, do that, they not get along with each other? No. Oh. They they have text exchanges once in a while, okay. Like maybe once or twice a year. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think. It would have been probably not for 20 years. Oh wow! That they I've been in the same room with both of them at wow. the same time. Oh, that's sad. It is. Oh, you know what can you do? I don't know. Not all families like each other. No, I know. But I've seen them both separately on occasion. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. 
Contain the experience and take breaks. Mm. Opt to only go for a discrete amount of time. This is what psychotherapist Natalia Amari says. Be clear and upfront about how long you plan on staying and when you're going to leave. I'm staying through mashed potatoes. Show show up with a chicken timer. (laughs) Set it. (laughs) All right, guys, this is how long you got me. Don't fuck this up. Grab your coats, family. We're out of here. Take breaks. Uh, when you need it, you know, okay. if things start getting too heated, you know, you can go to the bathroom, practice some breathing techniques. Okay. <laughs> Take your vape pen. <laughs> Take your vape pen to the bathroom. That's your breathing. <laughs> Take a walk outside. Yes. You know, maybe just keep walking. Yeah. Don't even look back. Just start a new life. <laughs> Set your boundaries and make them known. So if a family member criticizes you or your life choices, don't be afraid to call them out on it. Ask about their intention for their criticism. Why would you like why right. would you say this? Why would you ask that? This will bring awareness to what they're saying. It will help to either clarify what they truly mean or bring to their attention that you know they're intentionally trying to hurt you. Mhm. Don't be afraid to call them out on it. Yeah. That's that's I think that's a really good. Why would you say that? Yeah. People get really um on back on their heels. Mm-hmm. When you just calmly reply to them yes. after they've said something Ask a horrible. Question. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's without a really, antagonism. Yes, they don't know what to do. Meet, with them. Uh, meet them with a calm, uh, inquisitive question. Yes, because part of it is I think they do want to get a reaction. Oh yeah, of course they're trying to rile you up. Keep your expectations in check. It's great to go into a family gathering with a positive mindset, but it's important to be realistic. Mm. If you know your family is toxic, it becomes that much more important. Roll with the punches, not literal punches. We encourage you to never stay if there's anything violent going on. Accept the reality of the day. This keeps expectations low and minimizes the likelihood of being let down. So don't get, don't watch that Nancy Myers movie and forget who your family is. I think is right. what they're saying. Think, oh, it's Christmas and I'm going to wear my sweater <laughs> and it's going to be great. I'm going right. to see my family. You kind of have to remember. They are going to keep being who they are. Curb your enthusiasm. Exactly. Dun, 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 dun. That's not the song. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it ended up sounding kind of like it. I started there it started and then like it just went off the rails. John Philip Sousa march or something. I don't, I don't even know, know who that happening. is. Uh, he's the guy who did all the famous marches. Anytime you hear a march and you recognize it, that's uh, John Philip Sousa. How do you know that? I'm amazed. I thought that was very common knowledge, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I, you know a lot of things. I do know a lot about, well, you under, not, that's not an example because I would know that anyway, but you also understand I've written for a lot of game shows. So yes. I have a lot of. You have a lot of Jeopardy knowledge. Yeah, I have a lot of like trivial things in my head that I might not, um, you know, otherwise. Uh, all of, a lot of it falls out too. I wish we could just be famous enough. Blah. I wish we could just be famous enough to go on Celebrity Jeopardy because I, I think know, we I would, would fucking kill it. Okay. Here's another option I'm going to throw out to everybody COVID gave a much meat. COVID. Gave everyone this much-needed excuse to get out of holiday obligations with toxic families. Yeah. This begs the question, why as adults do we need to feel, do we not feel we have the right to refuse these gatherings? Right. So I read this Guardian piece by Christina Wyman, and she postulates that this obligation is built into the fabric of American culture. Mm. So as we've already discussed, you see it in these holiday ads, movies, holiday theme show that fetish, fetishize, fetishize. I know, it sounds weird. It sounds like, yeah, it's a hard word to pronounce, and then I'm like, it's about sex, but it's not. Right. That this idea of the loving nuclear family 
is what we're all supposed to aspire to, right? For the holidays, as opposed to, say, like, hanging out with friends who actually support you right, or right. maybe just going to a movie alone. Like, if you're doing those things that you're failing somehow at life. Yeah. Um, but what they're saying in this article, basically, is that those things are also fine. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ramani Dervasala, a clinical psychologist, says, if you regret not spending time with family over the holidays, it doesn't necessarily mean you made the wrong decision. The healthy and loving people in your family system can and should respect your boundaries. Yes. We have the right to be happy even if we upset others. Yeah, that's hard for certain personalities, i.e. me, to um, to figure I out. I get it. Yeah. Intellectually. Yes. But... Um, yeah, it's also as your parents get older, you feel more of a like responsibility yes. to not, you know, what if this is their last Thanksgiving? Absolutely. Know? I just want to interrupt by saying this. I think that's a John Philip Sousa March. Okay. I thought you were do- trying to do Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I was like, no. wait, that's not right <laughs> no. either. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but I did just get excited for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade when you said, when uh, I did that. Okay. I do like watching that. I it's, don't care about it. It's, um, we just kind of honestly make fun of it a little bit. Okay. I mean. I could enjoy it in a, that way. It's a good way to see parts of Broadway musicals. Yes. And realize you never need to see that particular one. Yes. Jacket Little Bill. Oh, um, I have a friend who saw that live here at the, is it Amundsen maybe recently? No, it was the Pantages. Pantages. Yeah, you, you saw it, right, Garen? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. And was like, it's very woke in a way that's kind of ridiculous. That is true. And you got that from the five minute um, Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day okay. Parade performance last year or two years ago, whatever it was. I mean, they, someone's literally wearing a shirt that says like, you know, woke or something i mean yeah. it's so not subtle it's trying too hard trying so hard and yes. then the six they showed the six too and i think i mean everyone says they like it i think it looks like garbage but um g- like fun garbage i guess yes but have you seen you haven't seen it's that right six. no well now you make me want to watch it so thank you okay oh the parade yeah well that's fun. your kids have your kids ever watched it i don't think they have it's kind of fun i yeah. mean you know, it's like, oh, there's, you know, Snoopy the balloon and there's, you know, yeah. all this stuff. I mean, it's cheesy. And then they always have some cheesy singers you've never heard of lip syncing to their own music and freezing their little Who hosts off. it? Didn't have... it used to be Regis Philbin or something? Oh, it's um, Savannah Guthrie, I want to say. Oh, okay. And uh, who's the weatherman? Al Roker. Al Roker. Okay. And maybe one other person from Good Morning America, whatever that show is. Not Matt Lauer. No, not anymore. <laughs> I think he used to, yeah. Um, Hoda is hosting this year. Hoda cop, copy. Oh, I can deal with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... And then they really, like, squeeze in all the advertisements for the new NBC shows and stuff. It's really obnoxious, actually. Like, okay. so-and-so is here from, you know... Um, Whatever new hospital show, Chicago Hope, to tell you what their hall, <laughs> Chicago Hope. That's really like, actually bring it back. That's really funny you say that because uh, this isn't really giving anything away. But one of the categories the other night on Jeopardy was Mandy Patinkin. Oh, I'm sad I missed the, that. And it was him reading all the clues oh, about him. his career. Yeah, and they never brought up Chicago Hope, and I was actually very disappointed. Yeah, because when all the world was going crazy over ER, I was like, no, it's Chicago Hope. I think we watched both. Mm. In our house. Okay. 
All right, sorry. No. Sorry to interrupt. You, uh, you that was perf <laughs> that was a perfect segue because I was done with that category. Okay. And we're moving on. Okay. I'm going to add a new wrinkle to the holiday season because I bet we have some listeners who are dealing with how to survive Thanksgiving when one of their family members is in QAnon. <laughs> I thought you were going to say jail. <laughs> So then, yes, QAnon. Oh, that's a really good one. Okay. Because, listen to this. QAnon, you know, is pretty nuts. The current report puts it at one in five Americans. Come on. That believe in QAnon type conspiracy. One in five? 41 million people. QAnon has festered during the global pandemic, helped by delayed action from Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Yeah. So uh, I, I got a lot of really great information from Vice and Slate, and I'm going to tell you and our listeners, mm-hmm. if you have somebody coming to Thanksgiving who, they might not be like in QAnon, but they might be spouting a lot right. of like QAnon sounding. Right. Because what happens is they start out with Alec Jones, yeah. right? And then it leads them down these rabbit holes of yep. links, links, links. And then the next thing you know, they're like, well, you know, the government's run by a cabal of Satan worshipers who eat babies. And you're like, right. what? Pass so the cranberry sauce. Exactly. <laughs> People who are into QAnon, they're often very deep down into this rabbit hole and they've withdrawn away from conventional sources of information like the mainstream media and even other people. Mm. So this forced holiday interaction with you might be the only chance. Oh, it's their audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, that they have to get out of that bubble. Uh-huh. So you want to nurture that. That's oh, what okay. Mick West says. He's a conspiracy theory debunker and author of Escaping the Rabbit Hole, How to Debunk Conspiracy Theories Using Facts, Logic, and Respect. QAnon is just the latest in a litany of conspiracy theories and cults that have taken over and ruined people's lives. Mm. But what makes Q unique is that it creates a complex and ever-changing narrative, which is much harder to counter than traditional conspiracies, mm. whose fundamental beliefs rarely change. Ah, So this is what allows QAnon to spread much faster because followers can pick and choose aspects of the conspiracy they like they can avoid a lot of the hardcore beliefs, uh-huh. like the group, the, this group of elites that run a that run a satanic, global, cannibalistic sex trafficking ring. Sure, they can be like, well, I don't believe that, but I do think the election was stolen, and that Donald Trump's going to save right. us from the Hillary Clinton, who's a pedophile, and PizzaGate, blah blah blah. Right, like they can sort of cherry pick what they like. The indoctrination process is supercharged by social media algorithms. So they, just like all social media algorithms, they prioritize engagement. So this makes the radicalization faster. So, you know, social media sends you what you like. Just like I constantly get women on Instagram that are like, I'm 45 and this is the skincare product that fixed my face. You know, it's like, or look at these pajamas. Like I get pajamas. (laughs) Pajamas and skincare is my, all my Instagram that like <laughs> they must just think I want to rub so lotion on my funny. face and wear yeah. pajamas all the time, yeah. which is true. That is all that I want to do. Yeah. I just want to wear pajamas and put skincare on my face. Oh my god, that's so funny. That people who click on, you know, was yeah. the election rigged are gonna keep getting, you know, deeper yeah. and deeper into that. So the person you knew last year at Thanksgiving might have gone farther deeper inevitably. Inevitably. Yeah. So, and it's it's very, um, what am I trying to say? 
it, it these 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 radicalizations work like perfectly with YouTube in particular. Like, yeah. So it's that feedback loop. Another thing about QAnon, it's constructed like a game. Huh. With Q, she's like, tell me yes. more. I mean, well, games are supposed to keep you, you know, mentally well, alert. It, so it, it, works on, it, it works on your brain differently. Mm. So it works in a di- Q works a different part of your brain. So Q repeats the mantra research for yourself dozens of times in his cryptic updates. That leads followers to find their own interpretations, a technique experts say reinforces whatever conclusions they draw, which makes it difficult to reason with them. Mm-hmm. The gaming of it also brings this community aspect to it. So it's fun. Yeah, it's exactly. It's fun for people. Everyone's, it's like an escape room. Yes. Or, yeah. Everyone's working together. Right. They're solving puzzles left by Q on 8con? 8chan. Oh, it's weird because they spell it K-U-N on here for some reason. Oh, oh they changed it. Yeah, they yeah, got so it down. It's new now. So they're bonding over the shared passion, right? They're on this adventure together, yeah. and they also think they're solving, like, real world problems. Right. So not only are they, like, dungeons and dragoning out. Yeah, they're on, national treasure. They're Nicolas Cage yes, national they're, treasure. Yes, they're, like, they're having a super fun time. They're having adventure. They're solving problems. Okay, they say one tip is to ask your family member how they first learned about it, what made sense to them, what didn't make sense to them. Ask them questions about how their beliefs have shifted, especially if they've been involved over time, because QAnon, QAnon keeps changing uh-huh. as a way to sort of uh, draw them out, you know, to get them talking about it okay. like in a just general, like curious way. Behavioral science can also offer some advice on how to talk to your family members about these beliefs. So um, there's two experts in this really very interesting slate piece that I read, and they interviewed a bunch of Q formers. These are people who used to believe Mm. and have left the movement, and they use behavioral science to help navigate conversations. So the first thing you have to do if there's a member of your family who you think is either like a follower or like a diehard member is... Figure out which kind of Q member they are. Mm. There's two types. There's the casual follower. You know, they're just dabbling. Dabbling, yeah. And the truly committed. So the committed, these are the folks who analyze Q drops. They make connections between Q and all the other conspiracy theories. For these committed supporters, the explanations provided by Q conspiracies can feel electrifying Mm. and prophetic. It empowers them with the answers to complex phenomena. So it can feel like a real rush. Yeah. And imagine, too, like, they talk about this, how, like, relaxing it can feel to find out, like, everything's run by this huge conspiracy. Here's the thing. There was a movie. They told you who Q was. Mm. I don't understand why they're still. It's just some schmuck. I don't think they're even. They're (laughs) not trying to figure out who Q is. Right. But he doesn't have any inside information because the original premise is that Q was someone hidden in the government. They right. told you who he is. He's not someone hidden in the government. He's just an asshole in Thailand. I think they have an. They'll have an explanation. Like I know, right. you know. There's they, yes, but he knows people who. Yes, right. that's been explained in a sufficient way I'm to sure. them. But I, I agree. Of course, it seems ridiculous. The majority of former anons they found were the more casual followers who stumbled down the Qunon rabbit hole in search of a community. A lot of this is about community, about people wanting to just belong to a group. Right. They didn't find a book club. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's going to eat your babies. Yeah. Yes. Um, many felt overwhelmed by the p- pandemic or they left. They felt left out by the 2020 election. Um, 
Some were drawn in by what they felt they were part of this fight of good versus evil, uh, sense of adventure. Others joined because Q signaled to them a defense of conservatism, uh, exposing the alleged fraud of a deep state. They also found that I, there's this great Rolling Stone piece. I'm not going to get into it too much in this um, episode, but I'll link to it. That people who found Q, it wasn't like Q really indoctrinated as much as these people were only already vulnerable, like to conspiracies. Like they had already had a history of being like drawn into conspiracies. Okay. Like there's a certain amount of po- the population who are like going to be drawn into conspiracies. Right. Because of the way, and, and they ho- score high in like narcissism. Yes. They score high in certain personality traits. Yeah, because they want to feel special. And they're and, in on something. And they want to have explanations for things because it's more, it's like religion. It's like, okay, right. I don't have to worry about climate change because it's a hoax, actually. Uh, Whoo, that's relaxing. Right. You know, I oh, I don't have to worry about this and this and this because Donald Trump's going to take care of all of it. Right. Oh, God, that's relaxing. Or like, I don't have to worry about dying because there's an afterlife. You know, like. It's rela- it's, it takes a weight off to know that all of this is being taken care of. But it doesn't of. seem like it takes a weight off because they seem so angry. Well, that's the, th- that's the rub, right? Okay. Is that it really doesn't actually end up relaxing people. Okay. People diving in found a movement of people just like them on social media, filling this need for community. So they're getting this validation, this relatability, and some hope. But leaving the Q community can be tough because it may provide a deeper sense of family than they have at the table this coming Thursday, mm. especially, right, if you have a toxic yeah. family. So if someone at the Thanksgiving table identifies with Q, first try to figure out how they got there. This can help guide your conversation and how you can help guide them to a path out. So ask yourself, how might I help them find an off-ramp? Committed supporters rarely leave QAnon because they stop believing. Instead, those we spoke with, the the yeah. experts, not us at the podcast. That would be cool, though. That would be cool. If we just yeah. we have a podcast where we just interview people who left Q. They left when they reached a point of personal crisis or hit rock bottom. Alice, a former QAnon, a former Anon, I guess is what they call them, told researchers that every night when her family fell asleep, she would spend long, sleepless hours clicking away. Mm-hmm. From one hyperlink to the next, her research soon turned to compulsion, and her compulsion soon turned to addiction and then depression. So it like starts yeah. as a high, and then it becomes, like a lot of things, addictive. Deeply committed supporters tend to resist every attempt to, bu- to debunk, educate, or fact-check, because like Alice, some tenets of Q become a core part of their identity. Mm. An attempt to undermine Q becomes a personal attack. So that doesn't work. So fact-checking them doesn't work. That's It never what works. It makes yeah. them dig in deeper. Right. So it doesn't make sense to say, what about this? What about that? Right. What about this? I've tried that too. Because they have answers to all of it. Because they've been uh, armed with answers. And it's also, it becomes part of who they see themselves as. So you're yeah. just attacking them. Right. And that doesn't, it just, the lesson is just don't fact-check them. It, yeah. it just ties them in deeper and it aliens it alienates them more. Alice's husband was ultimately able to help her emerge out of Q by helping her recognize it as an addiction. You're spending more time on social media in these Q videos than time with me. Now she spends only 15 minutes a day on social media and no longer considers herself a member of the group. But for the majority of the QAnon followers, addiction isn't the problem. What more casual followers of QAnon backed away when they observed hypocrisy in its content. So it's a lot of like, oh, they'll say that these things are going to happen. Yes. And then they don't happen. 
and they kind of start to see that right. over and over, and they become um, disenchanted with the movement. Well, that's good, because most of them don't become disenchanted. They just go, oh, well, there's a reason that it didn't happen then. That, that's the case, exactly. It's easy to be judgmental when people close to us become persuaded and even radicalized by misinformation. Debating and debunking them will certainly make a tense Thanksgiving dinner. But maybe the most important thing to remember is that any effort made this holiday season is the beginning of a process that will take a long time to succeed. And through it all, family and friends need to remember that the person they knew is still in there, mm. just hiding behind the QAnon personality. Um, it's not a one-time interaction process. Family members and friends are the best agents to affect change over time because they can also say, hey, I grew up with you. Yeah, We used to play basketball together. Do you remember? That brings up warm feelings of their real selves, not their cult selves. Mm. It's so sad. It's a bummer, but it feels like this. what this is saying is that there is a way to reach them yeah. and ways to talk to them, and it's about sort of being curious and not being judgmental. Yes, at least not outwardly being judgmental. You, oh, I think you reserve the right to be as judgmental inside, as yeah. you want. Oh, of course, of course, but in your tone and in the way yeah. you talk to them. Um, and on that note, I would love to share a story. Yes. Great. Okay. One second. I'm just going to make sure we're... Okay. This is a first-person story. Her name is Megan, but it's a pseudonym. Okay. And I'm Her real name is Megan. Her real name is... <laughs> it's Megan Fuchs. <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, I, I shortened this quite a bit because it's long... And you can get the entire story on Politico, which I'll link to in okay. our, our uh, newsletter and show notes. I was radicalized overnight. Mm. I went to bed as a liberal, a diehard, Bernie, a diehard Bernie Sanders supporter, social activist, and feminist. The next morning, I left the bed viewing Donald Trump, a man whom I had utterly despised, as a hero fighting a war against the deep state. In the ensuing what? days, my fiancé Dave would hardly recognize me and our relationship would nearly be destroyed. My conversion happened last June, soon after California expanded the stay-at-home order to control the COVID-19 pandemic. As an extrovert, I did not take the lockdown well. The inability to go out with my friends, work with people, and interact with strangers left me feeling trapped and suffocated. Huh. Dave wasn't handling the stay-at-home order well either. He became depressed and increasingly short-tempered. The more he let his anger leak out and at times explode toward me, the more I felt trapped inside the house and desperate for something to change. It was a day after it was after a day of his angry outbursts when I discovered QAnon. Dave's fault, see? <laughs> like, I like how she's sort of like slightly yeah, shifting right. the blame onto Dave. Yeah. That night, My husband's grumpy. Democrats will eat your babies. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Dave was asleep and I lay awake buzzing with stress. I decided to watch the Fall Cabal YouTube series a friend of mine had told me about. The 10 episodes wove together a narrative about the Cabal, supposedly a secret and satanic pedophile ring run by members of the liberal elite. I mean, there weren't some old Murphy Browns you could have caught up on or anything. I mean, rewatch Cheers. Anything. And Trump's secret fight to overthrow them. I didn't sleep at all that night. Instead, I found dozens of articles and videos confirming my new political views. By the morning, I was a true believer. What? I know. It's so... It's like... <laughs> I, I have to Literally. Say, overnight, yeah. It's like, though, you know, I don't know if you've ever gone, like, gone to a Mary Kay meeting. No, um... 
No, but I have gone to some MLM like, yeah, meeting. I where you go I went with an, another friend uh-huh. and I was like, that was such bullshit. Right. And the other person was like, I'm selling Mary Kay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like just the idea See, that that's why I always say it's bullshit when they tell you anyone can be abducted into a cult. Fuck no, they can't. That is bullshit. Well, I think, though, that anyone can because 50% can. Yeah, but that's 50%. You weren't inducted no, into the... But, right. But the idea so of... not any, anyone. Not anyone, but half of people. Like, okay. But, you know, you wouldn't say, like, she was stupid and I was smart. We just have different... Our brains are wired differently. Uh, I think it has to do with the ability to um, break down information and I do think it is an intelligence thing. I, I know that that's not politically correct or whatever, but I do. I do think that you or I don't mean I you're think stupid. Skept- I, don't, I think it's skepticism. Yes, too. But, but I think you should have a healthy amount of skepticism. I think an intelligent person has a healthy amount of skepticism. Yeah, I guess it's well, it, it gets into this. What is how do you measure intelligence, too? Yeah, yeah like yeah. and it's 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 tricky. But yeah, I, I guess I think that it. We disagree because I, I I think that is proof that anyone can. Okay. That it, that, yeah. that anyone can. Because you see your friend who you went with as an intelligent. Yes. Critical thinking person. That's the word I was looking for. A critical thinker. Well, I don't I, I, I don't know. Our critical skills might be different. Yeah. So that's what that's my okay. point. When I say intelligent, I don't mean like you're a dumb dumb. I mean you're not a critical thinker. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so it's so hard to identify what level of critical thinking skills. That's that's a more I guess that's a more nuanced conversation yeah. for than for this podcast. But I, 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 I think a good way to think about it is that if your mind, if everybody's mind is like a hallway, each one of us has different doors in that hallway that are open mm-hmm. and different things like Mary Kay or like QAnon gets in those doors whereas those doors are closed for you or for me it will right maybe cracked for me at some point but, uh, <laughs> there's a doorstop in your door there's a doorstop like, wait Kunan's yeah, a game <laughs> all right i'm in <laughs> i have a game chair i might as well use it if Kunan was around when i was a teenager i absolutely would have been all over oh, it. i'm really? sure of it because i was into conspiracy stuff oh. but I'm, i was into like the jfk stuff and the alien stuff i wasn't okay. harmless there was stuff. no yeah there was no there was no Cabal called it. I mean, there was a cabal, but there wasn't a pedophile ring in a pizza shop and or a right. Chuck E. Cheese in fucking Scranton or whatever. We didn't have that kind of conspiracy. We had the. I can't well, believe they you're... got together to kill JFK because he wanted to reveal aliens or whatever the hell it was. I just can't believe you're drawing Charles E. Entertainment. <laughs> Charles Entertainment cheese <laughs> into this PizzaGate thing. So you know he has nothing unrelated. to do with Sully that. the name. I also love that we're equating Mary Kay and QAnon. <laughs> well, I do. But think, yes, I know. One I, is about making money and one is about, but it's all about feeling part of something. And that is, I think, very cultish, though, yeah. in its in its ways. Anyway. Yeah. I hadn't trusted the government entirely before 2016. For example, I didn't find the explanations of 9-11 or the assassination of John F. Kennedy be, to be satisfactory. Okay. So you see there is this. So, so she's starting with, she's not starting with a blank slate she already had some you can see a history sure but my distrust only strengthened when i started to support bernie that year i started to think that the news media billionaires and the democratic establishment conspired to keep bernie from the Uh, presidency but see that in itself is sort of a yeah this was a significant part of my bridge into QAnon. 
Uh, initially, believing in Q felt amazing, like being in some sort of mystical state of you or euphoria. For about six weeks, my fears about impending doom because of COVID-19, climate change, and what I perceived as the threat of fascism were gone. The world felt safe and I felt energized, confident, creative, and brimming with love. Wow. I'm not religious, but I kept thinking, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I was so relieved to stop hating Trump, whom I used to see as racist, sexist, and a Hitler wannabe. (laughs) I'm like, God, that does sound wonderful. But how? Because how? of like everything's COVID's uh, COVID is now a fake thing. Okay. Uh, climate change is fake. But how does it change what Trump has said and what and and that the whole fascism is gone too. Okay. So she's all just like they've all everything I thought was real is now wow. I can just relax. Like I'm I'm kind of jealous of that idea sure. that you could just feel that way it's like that woman on white lotus the pretty blonde and when aubrey plaza is like well with everything that's going on in the world you know why have a kid and she's like what do you mean yeah and i'm like oh my god i want to be her i want to be like just dumb and happy rich and happy and not thinking about the world that sounds wonderful Dave, however, didn't take my sudden political flip well. <laughs> he was disgusted. Just a month earlier, George Floyd had been murdered, and Dave, who had always considered himself to be a proud American, was so disheartened by the systemic racism and police brutality still present in this country, he was more distressed than I had ever seen him. Hearing me express my new beliefs about the evil cabal, how the pandemic <laughs> how the pandemic was a hoax designed to control humanity, and Jesus. how Trump was our only chance at saving humanity was very upsetting to him. He was afraid I might have a mental illness for the first few days after my flip he couldn't stand to be near me he couldn't bring himself to touch me or to speak kindly to me his comments were painfully cutting and sarcastic and at times he would slam doors on day three he sent me a text and asked me to promise that i wouldn't hurt him in his sleep oh shit i felt unsafe and unloved i packed my bags and left but dave didn't want to lose me he agreed to learn anger management techniques and to watch fall cabal he thought solution so far oh for fuck's sake all right he thought the series was full of crap and tried to talk me out of my new beliefs the more he tried the more i turned to my rapidly growing community of QAnon friends dave started talking with his therapist who suggested to dave that he stay close to me to keep our relationship as solid as he could oh well (laughs) that's the opposite advice i would have given dave to help me avoid doing irreparable damage to my life and friendships as i was tumbling deeper into QAnon. He learned to approach my new views with curiosity instead of judgment, but he also had to set boundaries and ground rules. I only shared QAnon-related information with him when he was willing, and he promised to make time for these conversations once a week. I am open to the possibility that I could be wrong, Dave said. Are you willing to meet me there? Would you be willing to consider that while you're feeling really Uh. certain about these things, there's a possibility that there's things you're seeing that could be wrong? I agreed. That was the first crack in my firm belief system. Allowing myself allowing myself to simply consider the possibility that I might be wrong despite feeling as sure as I was. The ability to talk to Dave about my QAnon-induced fears was very grounding for me and good for our relationship. It took it took me about five months to start suspecting something was off. Wow. No promised changes came. Uh-huh. Q followers believed that John F. Kennedy Jr. was alive and secretly working with Trump to overthrow the cabal, but he never showed up. <laughs> I started to doubt the QAnon intel I was reading. According to the community, The Storm, a mass arrest mm-hmm. of politicians alleged to be in the cabal, happened three separate times during the pandemic. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and others were supposedly arrested for crimes against humanity a few times each. I thought, 
these stories must be lying. They can't be arrested again and again. Then Trump lost the election and it made me question the conspiracy further. His loss was not part of the plan. Right. Dave managed to persuade me to stop spending so much time doing my QAnon research because each new story I read made me more anxious and depressed. When January 6th happened, I hadn't checked QAnon news for weeks. I still don't fully know what happened that day, but I know that there were militia members and groups like the KKK and Nazi sympathizers there supporting Trump. If Trump were a true hero fighting to save children and defeat the cabal, he wouldn't have encouraged destructive mob-like behavior, and he would have denounced the KKK and other racist groups in a way that would stop them from supporting him altogether. I told my dad that I was done with QAnon. I was out of the rabbit hole. QAnon damaged my life over the half year that I followed it, but with work, I repaired most of the relationships that still matter to me. One of my old friends even called Dave and passionately tried to persuade him to leave me. A half a dozen others told him, I wouldn't blame you for leaving her. This experience has taught me a lot. Before I joined the radical right, I was part of the radical left. Now I am more open to opinions from the whole political spectrum, and my curiosity and compassion has expanded. Reading the news can be disheartening and stir up old QAnon associations, so I generally avoid it. I have almost completely exited all forms of social media. That was essential to my recovery. Well, good for her. That's that's a very good story. That's a good ending. I hope that that's not as, you know, rare as it sounds, but I hope, I hope. Uh, Somebody people... made her do that. Somebody made her quit? Yeah. <laughs> cabal. <laughs> the counter-revolutionary cabal. Yeah. So that's the story. Yeah. I'm glad that she found her way out. I hope other people do, too. That's horrifying. And I hope that if anybody listening has anyone like that in their family, they got some useful advice out of that. Yeah, I, I'm impressed with Dave for sticking around. Good Dave. Good what on a, Dave. Good on Dave. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like head for the hills, dude. I mean, could you imagine, though, if you woke no. up in the morning and Jimmy was like, you're not going to believe this, <laughs> but right. I have the answers. Yeah. And then he springs this on you. But it does make sense because she was radical left. And that is the same mentality. It's yeah. like so far left, you're right. Yes. Or just oh, Bernie is the savior. Yes. And he's going to now you can like Bernie, whatever. But I'm saying seeing any one person as the savior for anything is really frightening. Yes. And um, so she kind of was primed. Most people they found who fall under this QAnon spell are primed to have a history That's of That's what I'm saying. This I'm saying only certain people. Yeah. Not everyone is going to be abducted into a cult. Well, we are safe. We're safe. We are skeptical and we don't trust anyone and we hate everything, so we're yeah. probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be right back with our guest. Right Can't wait. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Danielle. Christine. Tell me everything. Well, I peed. Mm. That's, you know, I'm consistent. I'm nothing if not consistent. I love that about you. I still have to pee. You know, things like that. Um, What did you do during the break? I talked to Garen. Yeah. And And we caught up with our guest. Yes, we did. Bring her in. Okay. This is very exciting for us. In the first half of the show, we talked about how to survive crazy family. And we are going to talk about how to survive the holidays with Danielle Fischel. So for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure that's almost no one, 
Danielle starred on uh, starred as Topanga on Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World, and she's a director now mm-hmm. of television, and she has a hair product line. But the most important credit, the one that brings her here today, is that she was the host of The Dish, which is the show that Christine and I met on as writers. Danielle, how are you? I'm so happy to be Hi, with Danielle. you guys. Hi, Danielle. We're so happy to see you. It's been, it's been too long. Very officially. long. Yes. 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 Officially too long. But you don't really age, so. Well, thank you for saying that. I'm using a retinoid, and uh, <laughs> I have a lot of dry skin right now. I, I Here's a good piece of advice. Don't start a retinoid in the winter. What okay. is a retinoid, exactly? Well, it is like a cream that yes. you put on your face at night that helps with cell turnover. So the peeling is supposed to happen. Oh, okay. It's, it's like it helps keep you looking youthful. For example, my um, my dermatologist, who looks like a newborn baby, uh, <laughs> tells me that the only thing you should need to keep yourself looking young uh-huh. is a retinoid okay. and sunscreen. Right. And, and if you uh, use those two things, blood. Ex- exactly. <laughs> also, I'm sure the micro needling or whatever right. else he's doing is working. But yeah. Um, anyway, thank you for saying that, though. Okay. So you have two. This is a lot since we've seen you. You have I two know. kids, yeah. two you boys. Made, you made two more people. I know. Yes, since we since last, we saw, last you. saw you. I grew and birthed two what feel like adult males at this point. They're yes. only nearly three and a half and just over one. But for what compared to what they are when they're first born, the yeah. blobs that they are yeah. when they're yeah. first born and now what they are, I, I can like have rational conversations with my three and a half year old. Your bathroom is going to be just punishing for years i mean i I have a 10 year old boy and oh my gosh our bathroom twins i know but i I knew that but they're 10 yeah they don't know how to pee on a toilet (laughs) like without it's just pee yeah you know what i i agree that took a while that took far longer than it should have (laughs) to get to get together okay and also you've been directing so full time we're just catching up a little bit more. So you're directing full time yes. for some Disney shows. Yes, Disney Channel. I've basically I do it all the time now, and I love it. It's my favorite. Oh. It's my favorite thing I've ever done because uh, next to the dish, of course. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Thank you for saying. Uh, that. Yeah, I didn't want to go too far before I got that out um, because I get to actually have a hand in giving what I consider to be like acting 101 and TV 101 to children who are the exact same age I was when I started. And I see so much of myself in these young kids. And I'm like, you know, I was, I really benefited from having great directors who were incredibly patient, who really gave us agency over what we did with our characters and, you know, feeling comfortable in our bodies at that age when no one feels comfortable doing yeah. anything. Yeah. And so to be able to have that, like to reciprocate that is, feels really good. No, uh, no urge to get back in front of the camera? No, not really. It's so, I love eating donuts and <laughs> like just not you wi- know what? Excellent. You, you can stop the argument right there. I get it. I just, yeah, I just want to eat donuts and I want to wear, I want to wear sweatsuits. And yeah. I, the idea of like part of my job being to show up and then have my makeup done and my hair done and have a wardrobe thing that I'm probably not comfortable in. Right. Whew, that's yes. no fun. I totally, that, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, anyway, we're here to really get into the story. Let's do it. What happened? This is a Thanksgiving story, yes? Yes. Okay. Well, as you may know about me, I'm controlling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of you as controlling, but okay. What? Okay. It makes for a good director. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I am. I'm very controlling. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's, I think it, you're particular. 
I'm particular, but I'm also like, I want, I really romanticize holidays. Okay. I think a lot of people do. We were just talking about this, all the posters and the, yeah. and, the and the commercials and the make you think like you have to wear the matching sweaters and it's all the way perfect. Yes, matching pajamas. Do you know every year since I've had children, I have gone back and forth about whether or not to spend the $300 <laughs> it would require for us to have matching holiday pajamas. what do pajamas you do? For, I've never done it. Oh. I've never done it because here's the thing. How do you set up that photo? With a tripod? You're in your matching pajamas? <laughs> and you're only yeah. doing it for the photo. Right. Yeah. yeah, I know. So I'm like, that's dumb. Yeah. I fantasize about it, too. And we just got the catalog from Petite Plume, which oh. is like the fanciest pajamas. Ooh. And they're all this tartan. Oh, yes. I love it. Flannel. And the families are, you know, they're all models. And I'm like, I want that <laughs> yeah. look. Yeah, that's, yeah. I do that for everything. Yeah. I want that. All the holiday stuff, I want to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so last Thanksgiving, I had I had maybe, a, I guess Kiki was almost three months old. So I have a, a now almost three and a half year old. Yes. And a 14 month old. So right. last Thanksgiving, he was somewhere between two and three months old. And it was a big deal to me that we have this, you know, the pandemic, we were finally getting yes. together for a holiday. Mm-hmm. The previous Thanksgivings had just been truly terrible because I am not a cook. For sure. someone who likes to eat donuts, that's yeah. also what I can provide for you to eat. <laughs> I can go to the store right. and pick you up donuts. That's about... Here's a donut shaped like a turkey. Will this do? Will this do for you? Yeah. For And so with that, I'm tasked with making the salad for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm that person too. can make a good salad. Yeah, yeah. Everyone every year says, Danielle, delicious salad. And I have to remind them, I didn't grow these vegetables. I, if I did, then right. I would feel like I could take some credit yeah. for this delicious salad. But I cut items up and yes. put them together in a bowl. Right. But that dressing. Mm. Also from a container. Uh, <laughs> I buy the powdered mix and you add a little bit of vinegar and some oil and you shake it and then you add water to the rest of it. It's Really simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was very excited. We were finally going to have a get together. We have a very small family on my mom's side. It's okay. just my my aunt, my uncle, my grandfather, my mom, my brother, and then my little family. Okay. And so we were getting together in person, and it was gonna be freaking amazing, Danielle. It was gonna be amazing, is what I kept telling myself. At your mom's house? At my aunt's house. At your aunt's house, okay. So I live in the San Fernando Valley. Kind of deep in the San Fernando mm-hmm. Valley. I live in Woodland Hills. Okay. And my aunt lives in Harupa Valley. Oh, I don't know which it. Is what in the fuck? Riverside County. Oh, oh boy. Okay, that's far. So it is on a non-holiday with no traffic just over an hour. With oh, two itty-bitties yeah. in the car. Two itty bitties. Yeah. My youngest itty bitty, who was a few months old, was still breastfeeding. Okay. Yeah. So how are how was I going to make it without feeding this child? You know, breastfed babies are eating like what feels like every 20 minutes. Yeah. Yes. So, of course, even just trying to get into the car was a timing thing of like, well, he's sleeping now. And if he wakes up and I put him on the boob and he eats really quick and then I have a bottle and I put the everything. And so already yeah. the timing of everything had to be impeccable. And because I am a control freak, I have to do every aspect of everything, including where the salad goes, where's the breast milk that I'm bringing, where are the bottles, packing the bags. But then I have to blame my husband because (laughs) it seems as though all you have to do is get yourself ready. And he's like, I would do more, but you'd insist on doing it yourself. It's a catch-22. It's a catch-22. It's a constant situation. Plus you're dressed, I'm assuming, nicely for Thanksgiving. Trying to, but also with something easily accessible to breastfeed. I'd be able to whip them out. Because at the drop of a dime, you're going to need to do that, which is 
glorious, of course. Mm. Um, and so we get everything in the car. I think we get everything in the car. The children are in. Uh, we make the drive. Traffic is oh. ungodly. Oh. Just truly ungodly. We have to pull over on the way down there so that I could breastfeed the baby Ugh. because timing. Yes. He's, yes. of course, hungry. Didn't work out. Stop. Pull over in a parking lot. The toddler is saying, what are we doing? Uh. What are we doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Toddlers love being in traffic. <laughs> Classic. Love they it. love traffic. They also love when you attend to their younger siblings. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> While he has to stay stuck in his car seat because we're on the side of the road. <laughs> what are we doing? Can I get out? No, you can't get out. We're getting back on the road. Okay. So mm. we get back in the car. We finish the drive everyone's hot of course because in california it's never a decent no, temperature no, it's on 97 97 degrees unseasonably hot even if the day before yeah. was 65 yep, and you're right. like oh we're gonna get a cool thanksgiving yes. nope yep, it will no. never happen you're in christmas sweaters oh, probably yes. <laughs> profusely sweating children aren't happy i had also just potty trained Adler. Okay. Adler had turned two in June. Wow, that's fast. That's early. Listen, I wanted to do it before uh, I had the baby. Controlling. Yes, yes. Control because I didn't want two in diapers. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, okay, this is going to work. He was at that, like I read all the books about potty training in three days. It was like nine months before yes. it was really like, okay, we could leave the house without me constantly being paranoid that you're going to pee your pants. Right. We pull up to my aunt's house. As we're getting off the freeway, about to pull up to my aunt's house, I hear the baby go, and just projectile for in a car seat, which is really just all down the front of him, pukes. Yeah. Mm. And Adler starts saying, I have to pee pee. I have to pee pee. I have to pee pee. And I said, Adler, Adler, we're so close. It's like one minute. We're so close. Can you hold it? Yeah. Yeah, I can hold it. We pull up to my aunt's house. I fly open the door and Adler just immediately pees. He held it till (laughs) we got to the house. He kept his word. He did. Just pee all in his pants. So here's the question. Yeah. Did they have changes of clothes? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're yes. so together. They yes. Did have changes of clothes. Okay. But at the same time, I start leaking. Oh. oh. And I yeah. did not have a change of clothes. <laughs> uh, no. You didn't put because a bed on. I I wasn't thinking about me. No, right. no, you can't. Those days are gone. Forget it. Yeah. I was only thinking about what happens if he poops his pants? What happens if this happens? Yes. Changes of clothes for the kids? Me? No. Oh. So we get inside. Uh, of course, everyone's like, oh, happy Thanksgiving. And I am <laughs> not having it. I am furious because there's things to do. Right. Yes. This kid beat his pants. This kid needs to change his onesie. There's puke everywhere. I need to get inside somewhere where someone can get, stop this leaking yes. that's happening. Getting those two rings. Oh, oh, my gosh. And so I'm trying to... I'm not, at this point, actually, I take it back. I've given up trying to do the friendly hellos. Oh, okay. I'm just like, yeah. get me to the back room. <laughs> right. Let's start this over again in a second. And as I'm doing all of that, Jensen comes in and goes, hey, um. This is her husband. Yeah, my husband. Hey, uh, babe, did, did you pack the salad? Oh. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, I, I just, I was unpacking the car and uh, I don't see the salad. Oh. And I go, yeah, no, I definitely left that in our fridge. Oh. The, just. Oh, Danielle's famous salad. The one thing (laughs) that I am supposed to bring. That, by the way, 
I agreed to make, even though everyone said to me, Danielle, you've got a newborn. You've got enough on your plate. Don't worry about it. Don't make the salad. And I said, no, no, I'll do it. Everyone loves my salad. (laughs) I will do it. And then the morning I was making the famous salad, I was thinking, why did I agree to do this? I've got this child. This is happening. I have too many things on my plate. Then I forget the salad. Oh, my God. We had to run to the grocery store to buy things. You couldn't just not have a salad? No, I refused. Oh. Again, the dedication <laughs> yes. to the romanticizing yes. of the I holidays. There is salad. I'm going to make it happen. And yeah, then I think we were there for a few hours. The baby was really unhappy that he was napping somewhere yeah. new. And there was a lot of crying and from, from my part as well. And and then we wrapped that oh. holiday up. Oh and I'm really looking forward to doing it again next week. So. I bet you are. Can your husband calm the baby? I don't mean like is he responsible enough? I mean, like, does your did your baby require you? Like, no, 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 it's only mom who can make me calm. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much only me. There were times, I mean, he was always stepping in and being, you know, let me see him, let me, like, he was trying to help, but uh-huh. babies are just so much more calm and comfortable with mom. Of course. Yeah. There's so, boobage there. Yeah. Yeah. There's smell. <laughs> that smell. Yeah. They, yeah. Want, they want to be near the boobs. Yeah, they love it. Even if they don't want to eat, it's like they want to be close to the yeah. source. Luckily, Luckily, when they were little and they just, you're probably yeah. still doing, they just put their little hand on your boob. Mm. Oh. It's the best. My best friend had a story not that long ago that cracked me up with her her three-year-old daughter walked over to her and looked at her shirt, pulled it down, looked in there and said, hey, there used to be a drink in here. Oh, no. <laughs> no. That's amazing. I was like, that is, that's very funny. she remember? Well, she breastfed her until she was a little over two. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that's that quite that long yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was it was just so cute. There used to be a drink in here. Oh my god. Uh, That's hilarious. See, I bring Okay, so I make pies mm. because it's just following directions. Pies are actually not that's why they say it's easy as pie. You just make it. No, you, no, I can't believe I let I you tell me that I don't you make, don't cook, and then you tell me you well, make I don't, homemade pies. I don't make the crust. Oh, okay, okay. I buy the crust. Okay, I, feel I have a little made the crust, but guess what? It's not worth it. No, okay. it's, it's crust just not is worth so it. It's so hard, and it's just not as good the, as, I mean, it's just as it's same just as, good. as the, yeah. yeah but you but the good thing it. is the Trader Joe's, you know, frozen pie that you then roll out, it always looks homemade because I can never... Make figure it out lo- the instructions. Well, no, it's just that it when you r- r- unroll it, it cracks. Mm. So I always have to pinch it. So it always looks yeah like a Smart. hot mess. So it looks homemade. So I always make the pies. And then last year I said to my cousin, we always have it at our house. I said, can I also bring a salad? Mm. Because I want salad. Yeah. Because I don't eat turkey. Mm-hmm. And even though I like the other thing, I genuinely like salad. Same. I want salad with my dinner. Mm-hmm. I'll eat all the other stuff. It's not like I'm not eating mashed potatoes, but I... Sure. So then this year I said, so, you know, I'll bring the pies and a salad. Oh, I think I'm going to do, um, uh, what are they called? Oh, what are those vegetables everyone claims they hate, but they're Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. And I was like, oh, so she's literally telling me I can't bring a salad. Just bring it. Just bring it I, anyway. Yeah. She's, she's controlling. Oh. And she will not be happy. Well, she'll be like, oh, you so see you brought the salad. <laughs> it, it's not. She's, she, there just won't be a spot for it a, on the counter. There won't be a spot There won't be a, t- a tag that says what it is. And everyone will look at this yes. bowl of greens and say, well, I don't know what this yes. is. There's no tag. And right. I think everyone liked it. And I think it, yeah. it was finished. Just but bring it. Just, like, just bring it. But see, this is where I'm like, I don't want. She's, she's a, a strong. She's a very strong personality. Okay. And it's her home and she likes it a certain way so I'm like I'm not gonna look one time I had a birthday party well I always have themed birthday parties for Oliver when he was little we had a sports birthday party which was 
ironic because the kid ain't in sports. Yes. But that's what he wanted. Yeah. Right. And then we played games that he made up that, of course, weren't real sports. But, um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> because, I mean, he and I play pickleball now. That's, oh, and he that's sporty. rules the court. But, you know, it's, it's literally designed for old people. So yeah. No, I think it's very athletic. <laughs> anyway, so. I've never played it. There's a whole article about is, <laughs> is pickleball healthy. Like, what? Is it an actual, like, are you actually doing anything for your right, body? Right, right, It's a little and, like bowling. Yeah. So, um, in any case, so I, I got hot dogs and, and, um, you know, uh, a popcorn and, you know, bought the containers yes, for the popcorn, cute. bought the cute little stand, you know, like baseball stadium stand, you know, cardboard things for the hot dogs. And then my uh, mother-in-law brought ambrosia salad. And I got to tell you, I was pissed. <laughs> like, I was like, this is not on theme. You're ruining my I theme. It's right. like at every party my family's ever thrown. Okay. And I was I was pissed. So I'm not going to upset her with the salad. Can but. we talk about what ambrosia salad is? Because I know of okay. it. I've heard yeah. of it, but it's I don't remember what's in it. It's a sweet salad. I think okay. it's Cool Whip. It's like Jello and Cool Whip and fruit cocktail from a can. Okay. There's no salad to it. There's often right. like some nuts thrown in. Like pecans mm. oh, yeah, in my family. Nuts. Yeah. Well, it's just it's it's also called Hawaiian salad. I think yeah. that's actually what they call it in Chicago, Hawaiian salad. You, you know what my had... family would say? What? Is Grandma Mickey going to bring that green shit? What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, green? I don't think the one we had had jello in it. It, ju- it really got me because yeah. I felt I was being undermined right. by my thematic. Because I am controlling like that. Like right. if I have a theme, I want it on theme. Right, right, like, right. Like I am... I am a little bit controlling. Mm. I admit it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Well, now he's too old for birthday parties. Not if you throw him one. (laughs) (laughs) He went bowling for his birthday party. You just have to make it like the taking of Pelham 123. Like, it has to be very obscure, (laughs) cinematic, 70s. He went as a character from the taking of Pelham 123 for Halloween. Oh, my. Of course. At school. He didn't trick or treat. It just has to be like all the president's men. Yeah. It has to be, (laughs) you know, just very. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a big theme person. It gives me. Okay. So here's what I figured out. We. Uh, our, we do a Boy Meets World rewatch podcast, and oh, good. I'm uh, it's my co-host are Ryder Strong and Will Friedell. And randomly one day, Ryder said, "Can I ask you guys a question? Do you feel like anxiety around getting dressed?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, I feel the need to do it very quickly, and I and even if I then put something on and I don't like the way it looks, ninety percent of the time I'm like." Too late. Sticking yeah, with it. Yeah, just yeah. have to leave the house. No, I'm yeah. not going to like this. Just don't look in the mirror. You'll that is be fine. a certain thing that comes with age, I think, where you're just like, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. But also, what I realized is se- spending seven years from the ages of 12 oh. to 19 on a sitcom where people are waiting on you to change clothes all the time. Okay, you got to get changed. You got to ch- hair change, oh, makeup change, wow. wardrobe change. The anxiety around wow. getting dressed is very high. So mm-hmm. I don't like trying on clothes in dressing rooms. And then when things arrive, I try them on for one second, make a very quick decision about whether or not I'm keeping it, take it off immediately. You will never catch me on downtimes putting together outfit ideas and like trying things How on for fun. And we all have it. So we it, we that's figured it so out that it's funny. from mm-hmm. all the years of people waiting on you to change. And that is how I feel about someone like having a themed birthday where now oh. I have to think about well what am I wearing I just oh can't no do I don't it. mean I meant for kids no I, I know I, I wouldn't have even, a themed birthday for an adult I meant for like kids the kids don't have to do anything but it feels similar to me oh, I know that you okay. don't mean like yeah. it feel the idea of like 
oh gosh, I've got this thing and now I have to figure out like, what the decorations are that go with it as oh, opposed so yeah. to the part just, I like. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe when my kids are a little older and I have more time, maybe. Yeah. Also get them involved. Yes. Because Oliver would always come up with his own games, his own nonsense. And that's fun. And when you fun. feel like you're, yeah. yeah. Right now I feel like I'm doing it just for me and yeah. I don't love it, but if he was super into something, yes. then it would yeah, be yeah, fun because yeah, yeah. I'd feel like I'm doing something for him. Yeah, that's that's how we did it. I mean, he didn't. I didn't have a party at one, and uh, at two there wasn't a theme. It was just here's a Batman and Robin cake, and you know, yeah, which you know he's still into. So (laughs) amazing! I I love it. (laughs) It's come to the point where he's like, I got to get rid of my pop figures, like. Jimmy's like, well, if you just wait a couple of years, it'll be socially acceptable again. Yeah. <laughs> because all these adults collect yeah. things. And That's I was, what I was going to say. And I was like, I don't know that I want to encourage that. No right. offense, Karen. Um, well, my kids are starting to get into them. So oh. they want to do a, if he wants to. Okay. We if can he wants to unload some. Yeah. That's a good idea. Okay. They're just, you could do a co-op. They're just yeah. discovering them. for a them. while. Yeah. Okay. I don't do know it. that he has any they'll be interested in. He doesn't have any uh, Stranger Things ones, but... Um, <laughs> Well, Listen. they like a lot of things. They like okay. The Simpsons. They like Bob's Burgers. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. You know, they like they like other things. Yeah. But I don't know if it's obs- as obscure as what. Uh, no, it's Oliver not that likes. it's obscure. It's just mostly, you know, superhero stuff. Okay, That's bad. Adler loves superheroes. What is he? He's what is he very, into? Well, he's very into Hulk right now because he loves the transformation. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he loves doing like mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at each of his hands and then he's like oh he does the thing where he busts oh, out of his shirt we as a so matter of fact cute. we had we had some people over the other day and he woke up from a nap and he was in kind of a bad mood and it was like okay just ignore him he'll come out of it and then he came out of it by transforming into the hulk Best. and he he was like ah and he was trying to roll up his pants really quickly to make him the shorts and he couldn't he couldn't do it and i looked at him and i said do you need help and he was like yeah and i ran over oh. and like it was like a pause in the character transformation oh. for me to roll up his pants and then he went right back into it ah He's like, thank you, mommy. It's oh, just so good. It's just oh my the God. absolute best. I and he's, you know, Spider Man, and he discovered like Mr. Freeze, and yeah. so now it's like pss, pss, things are getting frozen everywhere. Oh and my God, so wait till cute. he starts making cold puns, because that's the next step that's in the Mr. Next Freeze. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bad puns. Well, Danielle, we can't thank you enough for coming here and oh my gosh Sharing it's a little story. mini reunion it's so exciting yes, having a reunion has been really great thank, thank you. you so much and good for luck with me. thanksgiving i hope Thanks. it's better this year yes it, it will be because i'm actually going to try to let go a little bit good or is yeah. it the same people same place same people same place i'm going to try to just like really recognize that some spit up and some pee these are going to yeah. be the things that like i look back on i already it's just last year and i look back on it and i go that was hilarious like That's why didn't good. i just why yes. didn't i just enjoy it more while it was happening yeah instead of acting like everything's gonna be ruined when you know 11 months later i'll be thinking it's right absolutely hysterical well three, three months out from giving birth is, it's hard to find things funny yeah. Yes, that's I a good true. point. You know, I will cut myself some slack. Yes. You're right. It's hard. It's hard. But this year, you better fucking bring the salad. Yeah. <laughs> we'll not forget. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with what did we learn today? Chris, are you ready to learn what we learned today? Teach me, wise one. How to survive pill tins coming soon. <laughs> We're going to take old Trader Joe's tins, slap our logo on them. <laughs> How to survive pills. That's not a bad idea, actually. Going to Thanksgiving, prepare for war. Reward yourself for making it through. Yes. Land something at the end. A little, little, I'd say go home and watch, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles or well, something. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. 
I, that's the only Thanksgiving movie I can think of. It's a good one. Yeah. Don't be afraid to excuse yourself from uncomfortable situations. Question the intent of someone antagonizing you. Flip the flip the switch. Exactly. John Philip Sousa was an American composer and conductor of the late Romantic era, known primarily for American military marches. He is known as the March King or the American March King to distinguish himself from the British counterpart, Kenneth J. Alford. So I'll remember that for Jeopardy. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, you don't have to go. If you really don't want to go to your holiday gathering, you don't have to go. And we said so. You can tell your family if they're like, what makes you think you can just miss Thanksgiving? You can say, Danielle and Christine said I don't have to go. Yeah, that's right. You can tell them. That's right. We said so. Family doesn't need to mean blood. You can create your own family. QAnon ain't so anon anymore. One in five Americans have lost their minds. <laughs> Do not bring an unexpected salad to a Danielle Koenig party. <laughs> that is true. I admit Sometimes I'm a little controlling. And remember, as always, remain, remain calm. calm. <laughs>